Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for standing by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to the Open Text Corporation Second Quarter Fiscal 2022 Earnings Conference Call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, simply press star then 1 on your touchtone phone. Should anyone need assistance during the conference call, they may signal an operator by pressing star and zero on their telephone. I would now like to turn the conference over to Harry Blount, Senior Vice President, Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, operator. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to OpenTech's second quarter fiscal 22 earnings call. With me on the call today are OpenTech's Chief Executive Officer and Chief Technology Officer, Mark J. Berenshay, and our Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, Madhu Ranganathan. Please note that we have shortened our prepared remarks this quarter to allow more time for the question and answer session. Today's call is being webcast live and recorded with replay available shortly thereafter on the OpenText Investor Relations website. Earlier today, we posted our inaugural quarterly shareholder letter along with our press release and investor presentation. These materials will supplement our prepared remarks and can be accessed on the OpenText Investor Relations website, investors.opentext.com. Before I proceed with the reading of our safe harbor statement, I would like to inform investors that OpenText 2022 Investor Day will take place virtually on March 1st. Registration for the event will be available in the coming days on our investor relations website. In addition, OpenText management will be participating at the Scotiabank TMT conference on March 8th and the Morgan Stanley TMT conference on March 9th. And now for our safe harbor statement. Please note that during the course of this conference call, we may make statements relating to the future performance of OpenText that contain forward-looking information. While these forward-looking statements represent our current judgment Actual results could differ materially from a conclusion, forecast, or projection in the forward-looking statements made today. Certain material factors and assumptions were applied in drawing any such statement. Additional information about the material factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from a conclusion, forecast, or projection in the forward-looking information, as well as risk factors, including in relation to the current global pandemic, that may project future performance, results of OpenText are contained in OpenText's recent forms 10K and 10Q, as well as in our press release that was distributed earlier, today, earlier this afternoon, which may be found on our website. We undertake no obligation to update these forward-looking statements unless required to do so by law. In addition, our conference call may include discussions of certain non-GAAP financial measures, reconciliations of any non-GAAP financial measures to their most directly comparable GAAP measures may be found within our public filings 
and other materials which are available on our website. And with that, it's a great pleasure to hand the call over to Mark. Thank you, Harry. Well, good afternoon to everyone, and thank you for joining today's call. Today we are introducing our new call format. Earlier today, we published our inaugural quarterly shareholder letter in addition to our press release and investor presentation, all available on investors.opentext.com. The three documents are intended to provide more insight into our strategy, aspirations, growth programs, and results over short, medium, and long-term horizons. Going forward, you can expect a quarterly shareholder letter and shorter prepared remarks from Madhu and myself, leaving more time for Q&A. Today, we'll spend a bit more time in our remarks to ensure a smooth transition to our new format. We welcome your continued feedback on how to improve our communications. On to Q2 accomplishments. We had an amazing quarter, financially and strategically. We provided demonstrable progress towards our longer-term fiscal 24 aspirations of up to 4% organic growth, 38 to 40% adjusted EBITDA margin, and free cash flows of $1.2 billion plus. Today, we increased our fiscal 22 targets to include total growth of up to 4% and cloud revenue growth of up to 10%. This reinforces our aspirations to generate over $6 billion in cumulative cash flows over the next five years. Please recall our plan to return 33% of free cash flow to investors in the form of dividends and buybacks while investing the majority of our cash in organic growth and corporate purposes, primarily M&A. Our capital return strategy has two fundamental pillars. One, returning 20% of trailing 12-month free cash flow via dividends. And two, keeping our share count constant via our buyback program. We believe our cash generation prospects and capital allocation strategy puts us in a stellar position to create sustained long-term value. I listed our quarterly accomplishments in the shareholder letter, but let me call out just a few. We bettered our best and delivered the strongest Q2 revenue quarter in the history of the company at $876.8 million, up 2.5% year-over-year, cloud up 4.1% year-over-year, with Brightline organic growth. It was a very strong cloud bookings quarter with double-digit year-over-year growth, adjusted EBITDA of 39.2%. We're expecting strong year-over-year annual growth in our free cash flows. We view our business as annual. We make decisions, many decisions based on that, while driving upper quartile adjusted EBITDA and free cash flow on an annual basis. I'm very proud of the recent talent recognitions our teammates received, including Canada's most admired cultures, Canada's top employer for young people, and being named one of Forbes' best employers. The pandemic strengthened our culture and results. We announced the Open Tech Zero initiative with bold ESG objectives. We plan to lead here. To our core, we believe the future of growth at OpenText is both inclusive and sustainable. By 2030, we are setting out to achieve zero barriers, zero waste, and zero net emissions. These are our three pillars to the OpenText Zero Initiative. Specifically on zero barriers, we are actively striving to become a majority diverse company 
and to expand our leadership to a total of 40% female leadership as defined as manager and up. I'll comment on mid-market and ZICs and enterprise growth programs and partners in a moment. Simply said, ZICs significantly improves our mix. It was an exceptional quarter across the board. We entered Q3 with increased visibility, both near-term and over the longer horizon, and open text best days are ahead. Let me tell you why. Businesses of all sizes are transforming, and they are transforming into the cloud and by digitizing processes, but more importantly, they are transforming through information, or as I like to call it, information-led transformations. This includes the way their employees work, and in how we're all mastering modern work. This includes the way they manage their supply chains uh, and digitizing supply chains. It includes the way uh, we sell and go to market and, and how we power modern experiences and the way we secure our digital infrastructures and strengthen cyber resilience. We are the information management market leader and our cloud edition offerings are optimized to help our customers regardless of their size or where they are in their transformation journey. We are going to take market share through organic growth and acquisitions on our path to doubling the company over the next five to seven years. We had amazing wins in the quarter. You can read the detail in our investor presentation. Um, some of those wins include Volkswagen, Kimberly Clark, the US Army Corps of Engineers, Raytheon Space and Intelligence, and Amazon's new pill pack, and many more. Let me turn to Zix, our enterprise growth programs and partners, each strategic points of emphasis within my prepared remarks on Zix. We see an amazing opportunity to expand our information management leadership in the enterprise and the SMB market. Nearly 50% of US GDP is generated by small and medium-sized businesses, and most need a secure and scalable digital presence. We just started our third year as a scaled provider of information management in SMB. And with the acquisition of Zix, we have market-leading platforms for data protection, data and email security, as well as being a top Microsoft Cloud solution provider for mid-market solutions. By bringing together Carbonite, Webroot, Zix, and Cloud Ally, plus our strategic relationship with the most important endpoint company on the planet, Microsoft, we are able to offer the industry's most complete total protection and security platform to RMMs and to 23,000 MSPs direct from OpenText. We intend to lead, grow, and win information management by, uh, by addressing the high compliance and cyber resilience needs for small and medium businesses. And you can expect us to continue to acquire in the SMB market. On to the enterprise. In the enterprise and for larger businesses, we have a fantastic direct sales force and high impact strategies to drive profitable growth. First, one of our most important recent investments is to cover our top 100 customers direct with global account managers. This program is now in place. Second, one of our uh, important recent investments is to cover direct the top 20 supply chain companies. This program is now in place. And as the large get larger and more global, we have a clear opportunity to grow the top of the market, and we are investing to do just that via our top 100 customer GAM program and our top 50 supply chain program. 
on partners. Third, I want to speak about partners here as we are building a remarkable business model with enterprise partners. We are fully committed to this model and partners are a force multiplier over the long term. Google, we announced today a greatly enhanced partnership to bring our joint content and experience solution to enterprise customers. Microsoft, we have massively expanded our SMB and security relationship. Amazon and AWS is the core data platform uh, for our, uh, our protection cloud. SAP, we are, leading, uh, uh, we are a leading cloud partner with SAP with near 3 million cloud users already and strong product and selling momentum heading into the new calendar year. ServiceNow is a new opportunity for us to bring extended ECM to their large and expanding install base. Here's the even greater macro point. Via our API cloud, our developer cloud, we have the opportunity to win the next generation set of cloud app vendors for their information management needs through content services, metadata, workflow, capture, supply chain, threat intelligence, and more via our developer and API cloud. I'm delighted with our Q2 results and our strategic progress with Cloud Editions, SMB and Zix, and our enterprise growth programs and partners. We believe our outlook heading into calendar 22 is vastly more positive than the previous uh, two years. OpenText is on the offensive as it relates to inflation, because the best answer to inflation is to remove labor where you can, reduce your friction costs, and create new just-in-time supply chains through the digitalization of global processes, and to do this smartly through information-led transformation. We intend to help our customers be on the offensive as it relates to inflation. Let me conclude by saying I'm humbled by the resilience, courage, and unstoppable nature of my colleagues through this pandemic. We used the last two years to transform into a cloud company with 80% annual recurring revenue, and today we are raising our cloud growth target to up to 10%. The leadership team is excited to present at our March 1 Investor Day, and um, they plan to detail our next generation of cloud capabilities and our business journey to achieve increased market share, customer success, and financial aspirations. Let me leave you with two things targeting up to 10% cloud growth, and Zix improves our mix. Now let me turn the call to Madhu uh, to provide the financial commentary on the quarter, Zix, and our outlook. Madhu? Thank you, Mark, and thank you all for joining us today. This is our new call format, and we'll focus on selected financial highlights rather than a line-by-line -line review. On the investor relations section of our website, um, at opentext.com, please find under Q2 the latest quarterly results. You'll see the PDF of our earnings, the PDF of our shareholder letter, as well as the quarterly investor presentation. All references are in millions of USD and compared to the same period in the prior fiscal year and are on a reported basis on the site state otherwise. Q2 fiscal 22 results. We are very pleased with our record Q2 revenue, our record annual recurring revenue, and record cloud revenue. Growth, annual recurring revenue, ARR, and cloud bookings. We grew total revenues, low single digit organically. We posted another quarter of double digit enterprise cloud bookings. Cloud revenues saw its fourth consecutive quarter of low single digit organic growth, 
with positive organic growth in all of our cloud market domains. Strong renewal rates in cloud and off-cloud. And Q2 annual recurring revenue at 80% of our total revenues on a first half-year basis, ARR was 81% of total revenues. On the bookings front, enterprise cloud bookings were strong across many products and geographies, and our large deal trend was up. Gap-based net income was $88.3 million during the quarter, higher than Q2 of fiscal 21, loss of $65.5 million, primarily due to the tax settlement recorded in the prior year. Adjusted EBITDA for Q2 was $343.5 million, or 39.2%, down slightly from Q2 fiscal 2021 of $360.8 million, primarily due to our investments and talent across the board, including restoration of compensation sales coverage, and growth initiatives. Turning to operating and free cash flows, we generated $216.6 million in operating cash flows in the quarter, down 23.3%, and $766.1 million in the trading 12 months, down 32%. We generated $206 million in free cash flows in the quarter, down 25%, and $688 million in the trading 12 months, down 35.6%. During the quarter and compared to the prior year, there are three items I want to share with you with respect to OCF and FCS. First, integration costs relating to the ZIX acquisitions in the current quarter. Second, timing of tax refunds in the prior year, including CARES Act benefits that are not recurring in this quarter. And two months of salary forbearance in the prior year, now restored and augmented with competitive salary increases as well. And, and let me spend a few minutes on our working capital framework. Our working capital metrics are strong. Working capital ratio increased from 1.4 times to 1.6 times on a year-over-year basis. DSO improved from 47 to 44 days, while our cash conversion cycle improved by three days. Our operating cash flows and free cash flows on a trailing 12-month basis, the reasons are similar in terms of CARES Act benefits last year, salary forbearance, plus the one-time IRS settlement in the current year. Our next quarter, Q3, is expected to remain our strongest free cash flow quarter. Also, free cash flow comparisons will continue to improve on a year-over-year basis as the anniversary, the IRS settlement payment last year, and COVID-related comparisons also become easier. Turning to balance sheet and liquidity, we ended the quarter with $2.3 billion of cash and available liquidity and a very strong net leverage ratio of two times. And before I speak to our outlook and aspirations, let me share details regarding our ZIX acquisition. We closed the ZIX acquisition on December 23rd, 2021. And relative to ZIX reporting prior to our acquisition, please note the following. Open text will record revenues on a net revenue basis. It will be 100% part of cloud with gross margins in the low 80s. During integration, we are factoring year one customer partner disruption in our overall models. We expect to share with you at the end of the fiscal year, as we complete the June quarter, the combined growth prospects for our SMB powerhouse offering that Mark referenced in his commentary. And now let me turn to our updated targets and aspirations. For the third quarter of fiscal 22, and on a year-over-year basis, we look for total revenue to grow mid to high single digits, ARR, annual recurring revenue to grow mid single digits year-over-year, and FX headwind of 20 to 25 million. We expect adjusted EBITDA margin percentage to be down 450 to 500 basis points due to higher investments in talent and continued support of our growth ambitions, ZIX acquisition, 
and typical calendar year reset of higher benefits expense. For full year fiscal 2022, we're increasing our cloud revenue growth outlook from 1% to 2% to a range of 3% to 4%, and our cloud revenue growth from 3% to 4% to a range of 8% to 10%. A higher revenue outlook is predicated on our cloud bookings, contributions from ZIX, and confidence from strong Q2 and first half results. And let me expand on the, on the cloud revenue line. Our fiscal 2022 cloud growth at 8 to 10% includes the ZIX acquisition. We expect to grow cloud organically, both in reported and constant currency in fiscal 22, despite the Q3 FX headwind. And where we sit today, we expect FX headwinds in Q4 as well. Setting FX aside, as I said earlier, we saw the strongest booking growth in our enterprise cloud bookings during the first half, and along with our expanding hyperscaler relationships, Carbonite, and ZIX acquisitions, we expect cloud to continue to drive our future organic growth aspirations. Moving to adjusted EBITDA margin, we now expect our fiscal 22 adjusted EBITDA margin to be in the range of 35.5 to 36.5%, reflecting the integration of ZIX and internal investments to support growth initiatives. We have made demonstrable progress towards a solid fiscal 22 finish and continued momentum into fiscal 23. Our fiscal 24 aspirations remain unchanged at up to 4% organic growth, 85% annual recurring revenue, 38 to 40% adjusted EBITDA margin, and 1.2 billion plus of free cash growth. We plan to continue to invest anything higher than 40% back into sales, marketing, and product initiatives driving organic growth. We're seeing growth in all the right places. Our investment in talent, sales coverage, and innovation are paying off in organic growth. Our strong bookings also give us long-term visibility, while the predictability of our business remains high. All of this is made possible by the amazing OpenText team, and your contributions are invaluable. On behalf of OpenText, I would like to thank our shareholders, loyal customers, partners, and employees across the globe. I would now like to turn the call over to your questions, and over to your operator. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. Anyone who wishes to ask a question may press star, then one on their touchtone telephone to join the question queue. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please ensure you lift the handset before pressing any keys. If you wish to remove yourself from the question queue, you may press star and two. Anyone who has a question may press star and one at this time. Our first question comes from Ramo Lenshu of Barclays. Please go ahead. Hey, uh, thank you. Congrats uh, for me uh, on these solid numbers. Um, Mark, the um, more bigger picture question, the one thing that uh, gets discussed a lot with uh, software investors here at the moment is um, the demand situation in terms of spending um, uh, with customers. Uh, uh, you know, digital transformation was a big theme the last uh, couple of years. You know, the pandemic kind of really sharpened people's mind here. And there's this kind of notion that we kind of overspend a little bit over the last year, and now we're coming back to kind of more normal levels. What, what are you seeing in terms of how this is playing out uh, for you? And I had one follow-up for Madhu, please. Yeah, th uh, thanks, for, uh, Raymond, and good to hear from you. Um, like I said in my prepared remarks, I mean, coming into uh, 22, it's a vastly, calendar 22, it's a vastly more positive uh, year for us. 
Um, uh, and I mean, look at our uh, look at our customer wins: uh, Novartis and new machine learning and capture, Volkswagen building a new uh, new platform for electric cars, and you know, rough math: 10 million cars times a thousand documents, you know, t- uh, 10 billion documents a year across purchasing, delivery, assembly, service, warranty, and more. U.S. Car, uh, Army Corps of Engineers, big new projects going on in the U.S., um, uh, 600 dams, 2,000 levy, uh, levies, and they're all on cloud edition. So um, we, we see um, increased demand, not, not, not shortening demand as we come into 22, calendar 22, and um, we're, we're very focused on also um, up, upgrading and migrating our install base. Uh, into our into our cloud edition. So, at least open text position is um, more positivity coming into 22 uh, than we had over the last two years. Okay, perfect. Thank you. That's good to hear. And then, uh, for Madhu, like if you if I think about uh, your EBITDA um, guidance, um, if I do the math, it came down a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about the drivers in terms of uh, if I look at the absolute level? Um, if I look at the uh, drivers here in terms of between FX, kind of investment to business, higher employee cost, et cetera, just could you break down a little bit? Thank you, and congrats from me. Yeah, thank you, Demo, for uh, the comments. So I'll take FX first, and certainly on the top line on revenue, FX does play a big role. We're calling it out in our quarterly factors, and the two lines that FX impacts the most is the cloud services line as well as customer support. Um, and we're definitely seeing that in Q3. And where we sit today, I would say expect a similar effects impact in Q4, um, again, where we sit today. But the underlying business, as I said, is absolutely growing uh, and growing from an organic basis. As far as adjusted EBITDA goes, I put the number one as VIX acquisition, and this is not uh, uncommon for us. If you go back to the carbonite acquisition we did, the quarter immediately following um, yes, we did take a downward tick on adjusted EBITDA, and then you saw how we came back up. So the number one reason is going to be VIX, and uh, we're targeting to get VIX to our operating model in our usual time frame of a year plus. Um, and number two, as you outlined, yes, uh, we did have some uh, salary forbearance and compensation, but more importantly, uh, we did pass through two merit increases, and we're investing in talent overall. In addition, investing in talent from an expansion perspective, as we've shared sales coverage, marketing, R&D products, and innovation. So in terms of the order of the reasons I'd go, anytime we do a large acquisition, Zex in a number one, and in a number two, people investment, and more go-to-market and products as well. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Paul Steep of Scotia Capital. Please go ahead. Hey, great. Good evening. I'll give two quick ones. Mark, maybe you could just update us on the roadmap for 22.2 and maybe other key releases that should be on our radar screen. And then, Madhu, just can you, when we get to it, can you go back, because it doesn't look like the transcript caught your third comment after gross margins, low 80s, in terms of maybe the impact on customer, that at least broke up on my side as well. And then, just one last one on gross versus net at six. Thanks. Yeah, Paul, thank you uh, for the question and, and good to hear from you. And we're going to have a large uh, and important product update uh, at Investor Day. Um, so um, 
um, I, I, um, I'm going to save some of the gunpowder for March 1, but in advance of that, um, for uh, 22.2 and 22.3, uh, first we remain on our on our 90-day cadence, which is our battle cry. And uh, the reason I highlight that, have highlighted that, is it's so important. Um, uh, you know, how do you how do we how do we help a developer go faster? And how can we go faster? And how can we go from thought to code to quality to pre-prod production capabilities in customers' hands faster and faster? Um, we're now releasing 20,000 facets, features, and tools a quarter uh, across our clouds. And you know, I go back to the days when, when um, Silicon Valley, um, and I was part of this model, um, we we um, moved talent to India. And it wasn't just labor arbitrage. We were able to work 24 hours a day. And that differentiated very large companies from their process. Um, so this is the, the next big process improvement is to go faster every 90 days. So with that, um, well, what we can look forward to over the next 90 days is on our content cloud, all support for partners and embedding extended ECM on the content side which is really enabling Salesforce, ServiceNow, SAP, Google, um, um, uh, Microsoft, uh, so that this notion of extended ECM. On the business uh, network cloud, and we, we actually have a supply chain summit coming up in a couple weeks, we have uh, a new global invoicing capability supporting about 60 countries that, that are gonna enable what we call just-in-case supply chains. Not just in time, but just-in-case. And we're bringing to market um, our new mid-market offering directly targeted at SPS Commerce in the mid-market uh, with, with a product line called Freeway. On the Experience Cloud, um, we have a new CPaaS platform um, um, uh, uh, in the marketplace and enhanced over the next 90 days. Uh, we're going to be integrating Zix very rapidly for email protection and encryption um, uh, uh, within the Security and Protection Cloud and um, uh, more advanced APIs, uh, Magellan Risk Guard. You send us content, we'll send you back a content score. Does it have a SIN number in it? Does it have a social security number? Is it in violation of GDPR? Um, we just want a real nice win at Paladin Cyber for a threat API and over a dozen SAP customers for machine learning and capture. So there'll be more machine learning capabilities. So that's a bit of a flavor across our five clouds and. 22.2, but please expect a very important, significant um, product roadmap update at Investor Day in, in March. Okay. Great. Uh, yeah, thank you, Mark. And, uh, and Paul, let, like, let me address the Zix piece as well. Um, again, keeping in mind, Zix was a public company before we acquired them. There's certainly data and information out there about Zix. We want to take the opportunity to clarify how we are approaching Zix. Um, so as I mentioned, we closed the acquisition on December 23rd. Uh, we will record revenues on a net revenue basis. We've done our complete and thorough diligence, and that's the appropriate way in our view. Um, and by the way, keep in mind that our sales channel, the partner channel, they're all bringing in business from a gross perspective, and that's what they're supposed to do, right? So this doesn't uh, sort of discount the totality of the efforts that, that goes into the business. did want to emphasize that financial reporting, we will be recording on a net revenue basis. All of Zix revenue goes in as part of cloud, and gross margin is in the low 80s. Uh, during integration, we generally do this for every acquisition. We do factor 
a year one customer partner disruption in our overall revenue models. We certainly tried to meet the higher end of it, uh, but it is prudent in our view to factor uh, some discount to the normal run rate, just given year one customer partner disruption. And that was my point number two. And the third point was, uh, we'll share with you at the end of the fiscal year, uh, the combined growth prospects with SMB powerhouse that Mark talked about in his commentary. Great. The last line was what we'd missed. So on the integration, should we think to the traditional, I believe we were used to be 18 to 20% sort of step down? Is that what's sort of embedded into the thought process at this point? Um, Paul, yes, I would agree. Thank you. And sorry, last clarification. I'll leave it. I promise. Do you, can you give us a sense, Madhu, of how what that sort of translation, obviously, from gross to net, is on their revenues? Since um, certain folks are going to be looking at the Zix numbers and trying to read across, understandable. And you stated already at the deal that you were going to, you know, recast it in your IFRS standard. Right. Uh, a totality of growth to the totality of net. Um, again, I would think somewhere in the range of, look, they have two, two different types of businesses, right? And the resale business is where we're taking the position that we will go from a net, go to a net revenue basis. And without getting into the hairy components here, on the resale side, it really translates into somewhere in the 30 to 35% of a dollar of resale revenue. Perfect. Thank you very much, folks. Thank you. Our next question comes from Thanos Mostropoulos of BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, maybe just to follow up on, on Zix and, and accounting, um, when we look at their deferred revenue balance, would that have been um, some resale revenue in there that needs to be marked down to a net basis? or? with the stuff they had and deferred as a public company, would that all pertain to the stuff that you're recognizing that anyway? Yeah, again, it's a great question. Uh, Zix had had adopted a gross revenue accounting for their entire business, right? So that applies to the deferred revenue as well. Okay, so, so even the resale revenue had some deferred element in it that would be in deferred revenue balance. Had some deferred element, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, also, uh, given that um, it's going to be a higher uh, gross margin profile, does that mean that, you know, once integrated, uh, it might actually be above your target operating model? Um, yes. In fact, the convergence to a target operating model is absolutely the goal as we come out of integration. The mention of the gross margin is important because you would expect that from sort of a SaaS cloud-based business. Uh, in the low 80s, and that's why we wanted to make it a point very akin to carbonite. Okay. Uh, then finally, Mark, just uh, touching on M&A, um, you obviously announced a new head of uh, corporate development, um, and you know we're, we're seeing valuations come down in the public markets. I'm not sure if you're seeing that yet at this point in terms of assets you might be uh, exploring, but um, and, any color update on, on that front would be good. Thanks. Yeah, very happy to, and, and thank you, Theranos, and, and and good, uh, good to hear from you. So first um, is I'm, I'm pleased to um, um, give my um, first live voice to uh, the promotion um, of uh, 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 Doug leading Corp Dev and reporting to me and um, a, a somewhat expansion of the team. We have a fantastic uh, in-house 
um, corporate development organization, and, and Doug's just a fantastic leader, and um, delighted to have him um, uh, reporting to me. And let me just use this also opportunity to uh, add my voice to Gordon's retirement. He's been a great partner over the last decade, and um, we wish him um, all the best in his continued journey and his retirement. So uh, Doug's um, uh, promoted, working for me, expanded team in Corp Dev. Um, and um, then us, we are seeing more assets today uh, than we were a year ago. Um, uh, we're seeing um, better valuations as well. Uh, so there's more optionality that we see. Um, you should expect us to complete more deals here in calendar 22. Um, and I'd also note that if you look at our cash flows and the strength of our cash flows, um, we can um, uh, be bold here, but we can fund double-digit acquired growth straight from our cash flows. Um, and we may choose to use other instruments, but um, our cash flows are strong enough that um, uh, we can now fund uh, double-digit growth, acquired growth, straight from our cash flows. Um, so those are things I would note for M&A. Um, Doug reporting to me, expanded team, seeing more assets, improvement in valuation. We're expecting to, uh, to get more deals done in calendar 22. And uh, the strength of our cash flows um, is a, directly uh, implies um, you know, strong acquired growth straight from cash flows. Great. That's fine. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Our next question comes from Richard C. of National Bank Financial. Please go ahead. Yes, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I've kind of been uh, following uh, your, your website here, and you've got a lot of material there on IBM, and it seems like you guys are still making some pretty big gains against them. Um, has that sort of changed in any way in terms of those share gains uh, that you've had over the past few quarters? Yeah, Richard, thanks for the, um, thanks for the question, and, and good to hear from you. Um, we launched um, at the beginning of January a campaign called um, Bye Bye Blue. And the campaign, um, which is very asset rich, very program rich, um, is communicating to uh, FileNet and um, uh, uh, Sterling Commerce customers the challenge they have when Kindrel got carved out of IBM. Um, that you now have two different companies, two different roadmaps, two different contracts, two different SLAs, and the um, increased complexity of running your supply chains or information management platform. Uh, we think it's a great time uh, to call every FileNet and um, Sterling Commerce customer and provide an alternative because they're not investing. We're in the upper right for Gartner. They're not. Um, we have a private cloud. They don't. We have a SaaS alternative. They don't. Um, so um, uh, it, uh, this is going to yield wins. It's going to yield wins um, probably over the next one to three years. And so we just love the campaign. We have one customers. We're building tools to make the automation off the IBM platform even um, more rapid. Let me just also note on the competitor front that um, in the mid-market, we're very focused on bringing our business network into the mid-market that spent a lot of time on a product line, which we call Freeway, um, and, and it's now an alternative to SPS Commerce in the marketplace. 
Um, um, and we're very focused on winning uh, Microsoft's transition, helping customers um, support the Microsoft transition. So as Microsoft moves to their NCE program, we want to be right there to help Microsoft. And any competitor in our way um, is also going to be uh, an important uh, a watchdog for us because we're here to help Microsoft um, establish their NCE program. So that, that would be my comments on uh, competitors. Okay. And then I guess kind of a related question in acquisitions, if they're not investing and uh, they view that sort of information management business as non-core, if they, if they were to sort of think about, you know, spinning that off, is that, is that an asset that you would consider looking at? Um, well, the short answer, of course, is yes, we'd look at it. Um, and it'd have to be at the right value. But, uh, uh, but of course, it, of course, we'd look at it. Um, and um, but I, I'm very happy with our competitive position. Um, but of course, we'd uh, look at it. It's it's been uh, in the market way too. Uh, it's been established for way too long. And and um, um, of course, we'd look at it. Having said that, I really like how we're competing against them, and um, um, and we're going to keep competing. And we got a great campaign in the market. Okay, great. Thank you. Once again, if you have a question, please press star, then one. Our next question comes from Paul Traber of RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Um, thanks very much and good afternoon. In the prepared remarks, you called out double-digit cloud bookings growth. And I was wondering, you know, how important was Content Cloud 21.4, the release uh, uh, this quarter, the growth uh, of, of bookings? And then, you know, more generally speaking, you know, how do we think about product cycles in the future? I mean, do you expect the ebbs and flows in, in cloud bookings around more significant product releases, or is that less of a factor? Yeah, uh, Paul, um, thank you for the question, and good to hear from you. Um, there's no doubt that our content cloud is a, is a call-out right now. And if we look at some of our uh, customer wins, Novartis, great. Uh, content cloud uh, customer uh, bringing machine learning, uh, capturing machine learning capabilities um, into uh, many of their information-rich processes from regulated documents to clinical trials. Um, Volkswagen, um, I mentioned a little earlier, 10 million cars times uh, 100, uh, 100K documents equals 10 million documents a year from everywhere from purchasing to warranty. That's a single platform of, of content. Uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, I'm very proud of this win and very, par uh, very proud to partner with the, one of the most prestigious engineering firms in the world from everything from civilian to military construction and um, everything from dams, locks, hydroelectric facilities, levees, uh, water supply to over 100 cities in the U.S., one information platform content services all on cloud additions. So, um, yeah, our 90-day cycle is really important. 22.1 uh, um, uh, really uh, brought up big capabilities. 22.2, as I highlighted earlier. And Investor Day, um, I'm real eager to get to March 1 to um, have some significant announcements for the roadmap ahead. So if you allow me, Paul, I'm going to hold on to some of our gunpowder for Investor Day and the big pieces of the roadmap ahead, but they're significant. Um, but yeah, 20, uh, uh, 21.4, 20, 22.1, 20, 
uh, really contributed to um, some of these very impressive Cloud Edition wins. Innovation matters. Question, <laughs> yeah. My, my, my second question, and maybe it relates to, to roadmap, but I'll try to speak about it more generally, is just on SMB and the, the opportunity there, you know, the, the products that you mentioned, you know, have, have been acquired to, you know, build out or further build out your SMB product portfolio. Should we expect, you know, the, the, the more sort of traditional enterprise-grade software that OpenTex has be repositioned down into SMB, or you know, or do you think that that is a you know a distinct market and it would require distinct products? Uh, it's it's a bit of both. It is a distinct product, and you know, going back to kind of our vision and our strategy for information management, it's both in the cloud and at the edge, and we think both are really important. Right, no, uh, no edge, no cloud, no cloud, no edge. So they're both really important. And at the edge, it's data protection, it's information security, it's email security, EDR, MDR, and forensics. And it's helping customers constantly move information off the edge uh, into more um, cloud-based solutions. But we do, we spend our lives on the edge and we innovate at the edge. So there are unique technologies for the edge um, and the edge is both SMB and it's, um, it's enterprise. Um, you know, I'll take some Zix technology. We think the email encryption uh, integrates really well into our experience cloud um, for secured information in healthcare. Uh, we think the secure edge uh, email security is going to be really helpful in the business network um, for our Coversent platform. Uh, and th those technologies scale up, but they didn't have a Salesforce uh, to, to bring there. Uh, we think our guidance software goes into SMB very well for law enforcement, but we didn't have a big channel to do that. So uh, it's, it's multi-layered, right? It's edge and cloud. It's SMB and enterprise. There are unique technologies for both, but that intersecting circle is large enough uh, that we can bring technologies both ways. And last one for, for me. Um... I was on your, your developer website today, and uh, you know, I went through all the APIs that are available, and there's quite a number of them. The, you know, what I was thinking through, though, is you know, what's the, the marketing strategy for developer cloud? I mean, it seems quite different of a channel than, than enterprise sales. So how do you, you know, what's the plan to raise awareness uh, for open Texas APIs or developers? Oh, it's a great uh, – well, well, I'm delighted you're on developer.opentex.com, so thanks for being there. So, um, um, uh, look, I think it's one of the gems we have inside the company, and we haven't cracked the scale code yet. Um, uh, you know, it is roughly a $100 million business today inside of Opentex, and it's a Twilio locked inside our company. So part of the strategy to unlock it, um, uh, was bringing a Sandy Ono on board, our new chief marketing officer. We've set up a new internal group um, to, um, uh, to, uh, to, to go to market. We think being able to come in um, and attach an API sale to a platform sale is a good strategy. For example, at, at, back in Dickinson, uh, we brought some APIs into that, um, into that sale on our business network. Um, we won over a dozen SAP customers for machine learning and capture. Um, um, we, uh, we've introduced some new e uh, APIs of Magellan Risk Guard 
and, and, and enhanced our threat intelligence. But it's, it's, it's going to be a combination of things. We've got a new chief marketing officer uh, who understands the market. We've set up a new selling team uh, reporting into Ted Harrison. Um, we um, are going to attach it to platform sales. Uh, Christina and our customer success group is going to set up a PS organization uh, to um, build um, applications on top of it. And it's going to be that comprehensive learning from Twilio um, and um, making this a future growth driver for us. But we have the technology. We have the know-how. Uh, now we're going to crack the uh, scale code. Thanks. So you, can, you can hear the passion in my voice on this one because it's, it's something very unique we have. Thank you. Our next question comes from Stephanie Price of CIBC. Please go ahead. Good afternoon. Hi, Stephanie. Can uh, you talk a bit about the potential for the Google partnerships that you announced this afternoon? How are you thinking about that partnership evolving? Um, yeah, very good. Um, and uh, uh, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, Stephanie, and good to uh, good to hear uh, good to hear from you. Uh, yeah, I I purposely focused um, my prepared remarks on our enterprise partners, and um, we've just come a long way um, in in developing out our, our technology and our strategy with partners. So, in relation to Google, which we also announced today, we. Um, we announced we uh, put a new MOU in place and a greatly enhanced partnership in the enterprise. Um, one is um, we're going to jointly innovate together. Um, we are um, at OpenText going to consume more of their platform for our customers and our use. And um, we're going to bring our uh, content and experience platforms to their customers uh, via their workspace platform. Uh, and we will build out a joint selling teams um, like what we've done at SAP and other places to engage with enterprise uh, customers. So it's a, it's a very evolved and uh, complete strategy uh, to move kind of to the next level of engagement around joint innovation, a more mutual consumption, uh, and bringing our content cloud and experience cloud to the enterprise via their Google workspace. And then layering uh, around that uh, a joint selling organization uh, to create demand, close deals, and make customers very successful and happy. Um, so that's a bit more on the, uh, the Google announcement today. Great, thank you. And then switching to the SMB market, uh, I'm curious about the ability to cross sell other SMB solutions to Rizix. Uh, partner channel and what the timeline looks like uh, for starting that? Um, sure thing. Um, I would um, highlight a couple things today. Um, the first opportunity is to bring Zix pro uh, products to uh, Carbonite and WebRoot customers, opportunity number one. Two, is to bring uh, Zix email security, which is a cloud service. Um, they're processing 100 million emails a day, like Proofpoint, and bring that scaled service into our C CPaaS platform and experience to strengthen healthcare, auto, 
uh, and um, um, uh, some other of our, our, our big EDI traffic, if you will. We think there's a good relation, a good opportunity, an immediate opportunity there. We also think on the Microsoft reseller side is we've identified close to 5,000 MSPs in the Carbonite WebRoot world um, that doesn't have a relationship with Microsoft NCE, and we're going to uh, we're out actively reaching out to them uh, to bring the um, uh, the cloud service platform from Microsoft to those new 5,000 MSPs, and that's immediate, active, real time that we're doing that. So those are, Stephanie, those are some of the immediate programs um, that um, um, we're, we're going to cross sell and cross pollinate. And finally, for Madhu, uh, customer support came down as a percentage of total overall revenue in the target model. Just curious about the puts and takes here. Um, yeah, so Stephanie, it's I would say two things. One, uh, it's more of an adjustment as the cloud revenue you see going up the target model slightly. Um, that's, the, that's the main driver. The customer support continues to have very strong renewal rates, um, as you see in our commentaries. And maybe the last comment I'll share is I spoke about FX and FX impacts. The headwinds do impact customer support and the cloud lines as well. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from Howard Leung of Veritas Investment Research. Please go ahead. Um, thanks, and uh, thanks for taking my, my questions. Um, it, it doesn't sound like, uh, I guess, the uh, from the sixth acquisition, a lot of the focus on the call, um, the marks are about the cross sell, uh, which makes sense. And it, it sounds like, I guess, for the resale part of their business, um, even with the larger size that uh, Open Text and Six combined are, it doesn't look like you'll try to uh, renegotiate those uh, those margins or try to get a little bit of a lift there. Um, uh, Howard, uh, welcome, uh, and thanks for your question, and uh, good, good to hear from you. Um, no, th th there's um, multiple vectors here of opportunity. First, obviously, is there uh, are the Zix uh, Secure Cloud uh, products, and, um, uh, and, and I noted um, um, uh, kind of the better integration with you know, data protection, uh, information security, and email security. And um, ultimately, our strategy is to have an integrated endpoint edge platform. And this is another uh, strong component for us to do that across data protection, information, and, and, and email security, plus our forensic offerings, and then eventually EDR and MDR. That's the, that's the, that's the arc of our strategy to an integrated platform. Second is our ability to cross-sell across those companies, um, uh, as noted, being, bringing Zix into WebRoot and Carbonite customers, bringing Carbonite and WebRoot into Zix customers. Um, and then the resell opportunity. Um, there's just enormous opportunity. You know, you, you know resell equals relation. The relationship is the power, ultimately, and, and the force multiplier for us. So the ability to... Uh, go further with the, uh, our, our great Microsoft relationship, bringing that relationship into the Carbonite and WebRoot MSPs, um, 
um, is, is, uh, is very important. And then expanding larger than 23,000 uh, MSPs um, as well. And then on top of that, there's no reason we can't bring even other third-party resells into that singular platform. And I won't go into uh, others we're, we're working with on top of Microsoft, Microsoft complementary uh, to bring in there for even a little more resell. Um, so, so Howard, it's a very comprehensive approach to create, uh, as we do call the SMB powerhouse for us from everything from an integrated uh, um, platform at the edge through the power of the relationship with uh, Microsoft and Microsoft complementary vendors. No, thanks. Uh, thanks. How thanks about this, Madhu? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was just going to say thank oh. you for the question as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no problem. No problem. And then, uh, actually, uh, just just to follow up on on the MSPs, um, can you talk about your process of you know how 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 to onboard you know the or or how you guys I guess introduce the the new MSPs to your products and maybe talk talk through that a bit. Absolutely. And um, uh, th this is um, uh, a very important question because it's all driven by software. And um, uh, uh, we're going to speak a bit about it at Investor Day, but effectively our digital zone is, a, is, a, is software running the cloud as a platform. Um, the goal is to have a single pane of glass or one application that MSPs come to self-service. And um, you know, after our selling and after our engagement and their tries and buys, but a single platform in the cloud where they can transact and they can provision and they can support and they can renew. Um, and so part of our um, strategic approach uh, is to invest in that platform, writing software uh, to remove the friction from uh, try and buy, remove the friction from selling, buying, renewing, monitoring. Um, and uh, we today call that um, our um, uh, uh, digital zone. That's, uh, that, that's really helpful. Thanks for explaining the process. And then just maybe one final one for me on 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 the uh, on the renewal rates. Um, I know on the on the cloud side, I think it, it's um, it's slipped a bit. You know, from ninety six, ninety three. Is there anything you want to call out there? You know, should we expect it to to go back up, or um, it's uh, I guess the the growth trajectory is more about new new deals and maybe less about the mid nineties retention. Madhu, you may be on mute. Oh, and my apologies. Um, no. So, you know, Howard, I was saying, we announced, I believe, a quarter ago, uh, Paul Duggan, he is an Oracle veteran, you know, running a $5 billion renewal business. He's been heading up our, 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 our renewals, and a lot of new and uh, improvisation ideas are coming along, so I would say stay tuned. Um, and the second piece is that would also lead to a continuous improvement in the cloud renewal rates, right? Um, there were earlier questions about products and innovations and value and expect this organization to keep introducing that to our customers. Um, there, uh, there is churn, but I would say the value is going to uh, be higher than the churn as we look ahead. Okay, so thanks, thanks for the comments. 
Uh, and uh, I'll turn it back. Yep. Thanks, Howard. Um, uh, yeah, thanks thank for joining. You. Yeah. Any given quarter, any given quarter will vary on, on a cloud renewal rate, um, but the trajectory is, is definitely into the mid to, to high nine. This concludes the question and answer session. I will now hand the call back over to Mr. Berenshe for any closing remarks. All right, very, uh, very, very good. Um, and thank you for joining today. And um, we welcome your feedback on our new format with our quarterly shareholder letter. Um, Madhu and I um, are going to be very disciplined to uh, keep our remarks uh, majoring in the majors and, and, and narrowing our prepared remarks to provide more time in Q&A which we think is the, the most important point um, of this call. I hope you'll join us on March 1st for our Investor Day. The executive team will be all together out here in Silicon Valley live, and you are most welcome to join us in person um, um, or virtually um, uh, for our Investor Day on March 1st, and uh, look forward to seeing you then. Thank you. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.